Hey guys, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Gracie. And we're your spooky neighbors. Today we are talking about ghost stories. Uh, We got some good ones for you. Do we have two stories for you today? which is super fun. We're going to tell you first about the Ada Witch. I grew up hearing about this legend, really didn't know anything about it. It was like one of those fun high school things that you do. You just like go into the woods and just like, oh, we're going to go see if we can find a ghost and get spooked. Did you ever go and try to see the Ada Witch? Yes. Yes. Did we see the Ada Witch? No, but it was a really fun experience, you know? One of those. When, like, when did you go? When did you go to? When? Yeah. I, when I was in high school. Um, that sounds about the time I remember there being like a fence and like a do not come here past sunset. And we were in high school, had some Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> Mike's Hard Mango Lemonade. And then just said, fuck it, jump the fence. And I don't know. Being in high school, we thought that if we just found, like, the creepiest grave that it could be the Ada Witch, but took some pictures, and there was some orbs in there that were not dust particles. Interesting. Very. Are you sure they were not dust particles? I did a few different takes and, like, you know, (gasps) cleaned the lens and... Same orb each time? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I I really don't know how that stuff goes because there's um, paranormal investigators out there that have a whole lot better of an idea than a high school girl that's been drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade with like a (laughs) really old school, I don't think it was a Blackberry. It could have just been like the very oldest version of iPhone. Oh, right. Well, you were, you know, having fun doing your thing. Yeah. Exactly. Love it. For the second one, we have the butt-touching ghost. The butt-touching ghost. Of Nunica Cemetery. <laughs> that one's going to be that one's going to be really interesting too. Uh you guys ready? You ready to buckle in for a butt-touching ghost and a and a witch maybe? <laughs> yes. I'm ready. Let's go. The non-butt-toucher. First, the non-butt-toucher. Okay. The Ada witch. <laughs> so, our story starts with the legend of the lady in white. She is known as a type of female apparition that is reportedly seen in rural areas associated with a local legend of tragedy. There are times where she is seen as a beautiful woman wearing a long white dress. Other times she is seen as a ghastly woman bearing the injuries of her murder. I think of Katie Heron. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an (laughs) ex-wife. She bore her injuries. (laughs) (laughs) So a woman in white is a tormented spirit, harboring the tragedies of her past life, such as an accidental death, murder, or suicide, carrying themes of loss and unrequited love, or betrayal of a husband or fiancé. While most legends portray white ladies as sad, lost souls, harmless, and full of unrequited love, some have been said to be vengeful spirits, sticking around to bring harm to those who cross their paths. Like the grudge. (gasps) Samara? Oh my gosh. Mm. Hardcore. Like, oh. I suffered and now you will too. Oh no. This one's a bit different, I think. I think she's just like, I'm just here, sad. She's lost. Alone. Lost. Yeah. And we'll tell you why. So in 2001, Ada resident Julie Wiley was driving home from work, heading down Bailey Drive. When coming up the crest of the hill, she suddenly saw a woman sitting in the middle of the street. She was wearing a long flowing blue dress, and she was sitting there waving her hands while mouthing the words, which looked to Julie as if she was saying, help me, help me. So in complete shock, she pulled over and called her boss to tell her what she had just seen, uh, which she thought she was like, I just saw the Ada Witch. Oh, my God. Which is interesting. She called her boss. (laughs) (laughs) Of all people that you can call. I mean, whoever seems the most important person to call at the time. I don't know. I might not come in the work. I might get murdered. I'm just letting you know right now that I saw a ghost. (laughs) I saw a ghost. Dude, I would totally use that. That would would be gold. (laughs) I saw a ghost last night. I need the day off. Okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So... When she got out of the car, she stopped the car and she went to go see, and there was nobody there. The ghost just disappeared. Whoa. Which is probably where she was just like, uh, what happened? Like, 
I don't know, you see things like that. And it's just like, I know I saw something. And then it's all of a sudden gone. He's coming for you. (laughs) She's coming for you. She might be. She might just be chilling. So while many others have claimed to spot this chilling female entity while upon a late night drive, especially on a night preceding a full moon, sightings report seeing a beautiful dark-haired woman wearing a long blue or white dress wandering alongside dirt roads. People have stopped and tried to communicate with her, but she always disappears or runs into the woods where she cannot be followed due to the thick branches that inhabit the area. To this day, the Ada Witch continues to aimlessly search for her lost lover while still being haunted by the tragedies that led up to her death. So, let me tell you the story. During the 19th century, a young married woman would disappear into the night to have an affair with a local man. They met in the woods near her home, which is now part of Seedman Park, for their secret rendezvous. And her husband eventually grew suspicious of his wife and one night pretended to fall asleep. And after his wife got up and quietly left the house, he followed his beloved into the woods. There he saw her in the arms of another man. He watched them for quite some time. Rage swelled up inside of him. And eventually he couldn't take it anymore. And he attacked the adulterous couple. First, he killed the wife. Then he turned his attention towards his dead wife's lover. However, he was not so easily defeated. A deadly battle ensued, and the men traded possession of the knife, each of them managing to inflict fatal wounds. The two men fought viciously until they both died from their inflicted wounds upon each other. Oh, and tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they they're even they're evenly matched. They're just fighting to the death. Fighting to the death. All of them, all three of them, died in the woods together. So according to the legend, the events that occurred transpired on the land where the Ada Witch haunts. Within a three-mile radius, there is Seedman Park, where she was murdered, Honey Creek Road, where her body was found, and Findlay Cemetery, where she was buried. The land where people claim to see the Ada Witch has been hunting grounds before it became zoned for residential use. When this land was opened up for hunting, hunters would report feeling a presence around them, hearing a ghostly fight, footsteps, and getting tapped on the shoulder from behind, only to turn around to see nobody there. So the Findlay Cemetery and the surrounding areas continue to be the subject of many reports of paranormal activity. Some witnesses actually report seeing a ghostly death scene reenacted. For almost a decade, people have seen unexplained blue and green balls of floating light around them Mm. um, in the cemetery after dark. Yeah. Yeah. That could have been like some of the things that you'd seen, right? Mm. Mm. Other reports mention that they see nothing at all, but they hear bone-chilling shrieks, male cries of vengeance, and females screaming in agony, and the sounds of a struggle. I heard a bell in a tree. Ooh. Like, it almost sounded kind of wind chimey, but kind of haunting, just like a little doo. Ooh, in that's the wind. And I think it was in the winter, too. I wonder if it was like the sound of a knife getting flung and hitting a tree. Ooh. Like that twing of some kind of metal. Ooh, I didn't think about that before. Mm. But it sounded so enchanting. Enchanting. And haunting. Like the scene of somebody's three people's deaths. Yeah, (laughs) just like that. (laughs) Interesting. So if we look into the popularity of the legend, like when it really started getting traction, there are very few facts that really prove the actual existence of the Ada Witch. With little concrete evidence of this woman's true name, it's really hard to identify who the spirit actually is. What we do know is that the Ada Witch first gained popularity in 1982 in Gary Eberle's book, Haunted Houses of Grand Rapids. The legend grew even more popular after the release of The Blair Witch Project in 1999. You saw that movie, right? Oh, yeah. I love The Blair Witch Project. I mean, that's just like a classic. Oh, there's... I can go on like a very short rant that it looks like really cheesy, right? With all the cameras and everything. But you think, okay, well, maybe the legend or like the history of it could be real. But it turns out that someone completely fabricated the entire history, but they just wrote it online or they put it in old documents, making it look like historical documents. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I did a whole English project on it and I was really pissed. Like I found this out last year that it was fake. And so I lived a lot of those years, a lie, <laughs> thinking that this man named Rustin Parr disemboweled kids in oh my his gosh. basement. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, 
that's that's wild. that's the thing with urban legends though like yeah they get you they do so yeah when the blitz uh, the blitch <laughs> when the blair witch project came out that is when like that rise started coming of people are more interested in the local legend of the Edo witch. So right, it just kind of like started this traction of popularity about mm-hmm. looking for witches. Which, if you think about it, like here's this woman in white apparition and this big phenomena of witches being seen in the woods. Yeah. So it's like it kind of goes hand in hand, where the story of like a folklore tale can kind of change and shift into something like that's more relevant for its time. Mm, yes, you know. Which is, it's just interesting. And I think we're going to come back to that in a little bit. Cool. So as you could imagine, historians, news journalists, and paranormal investigators around this time were eager to find evidence and to prove the legend true. So in 2003, a group of paranormal enthusiasts insisted that they had discovered the identity of the Ada Witch, whose name was Sarah McMillan. This new piece of information spread like wildfire across the internet and within the teenage community. Visitors, both good and bad, began to visit the Finlay Cemetery to see the witch's grave. Michigan's other side says that the gravestone claimed to be the Ada Witch was old, was an old and broken tombstone. The top half was missing and the bottom half was only held up by two wooden posts. Whoa. Sounds pretty creepy. Yeah. Uh, At this point, it became known as the grave of the Ada Witch. Hmm. People left trinkets, coins, and candles by it, which is kind of cute. Unfortunately, malevolent visitors overtook the cemetery, and vandals, with their own motives, started to break pieces of the stone, steal some of the grave um, soil, and (laughs) for their own amusement and a hint of teenage notoriety, they would sell it for financial gain on the internet. Oh, wow. I mean, number one, that is just like desecrating somebody's grave. And for what? Ugh. That's illegal, right? Uh, or yeah. It, okay, because I was going to... Probably, gonna, right? How I, did, but but the, huh, what? If it... <laughs> I, you know, I don't actually know the laws on that, but I have to imagine like, well, at least in like some kind of protected cemetery that there's laws against that, but it's just wrong. At the I end mean, of the in, day. Yeah, in any way. I'm just very curious about the laws because, I mean, you're not going to sell an organ on Craigslist. <laughs> you're going to sell it on the black market. If something's illegal, you're going to just like be, I don't know, walking yeah. into maybe a local bar and just say, hey, I got the Ada Witch right here. You want a piece of her? Oh, my gosh. Right. But there is like a lot of like occult things on eBay to be sold. Like there's tons of stories about like weird stuff being sold on eBay like that. The post literally said, you could have a piece of the Ada Witch, too. Mm. Mm. It makes me really angry that people yeah. would do that. I mean, like... That's disgusting. I get it. I was a dumb teenager. But you don't do that kind of stuff. That's so disrespectful. Absolutely. Idiots. Oh, bitch, she gonna haunt you. <laughs> uh, no matter the motive, the marker on Sarah's grave is almost completely gone at this point. Yeah, it's just like... You just don't do that, guys. Just don't. No. I mean, I yeah, I, I see how that's a thing. Just as you were saying before, selling occult stuff online. There's so many things. Oh, yes, this dirt or this wood or something that a lot of the times I feel like it's more spiritual to just go out and find those things on your own. Right. Like, hey, some Lake Michigan driftwood or some soil from somewhere, not somebody's grave. But, you know, just like finding those out. Yeah, on go your and own. fake it, maybe. Yes, unless it was something <laughs> that was, you know, just something that feels magical because it's on the other side of the country. Like, wow. Something in California, for oh, example. Or here, here's a fun example of like the same kind of situation, and nobody really cares if it's real or fake. So somebody told me that they went into this. Um, a shop somewhere in a rural part of uh, of northern Michigan, and it was, like, full of sports memorabilia. One particular team, I don't remember because I'm not a sports person, oh. but what they had hanging was, like, Tom Brady's baby shoes. <laughs> like, a little pair of baby shoes. Wow. And she was just like, how do you know, if, like, did his parents give you those? Like, how do you know if those are his baby shoes? And he's just like, that's what it said on the internet. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Do not believe the internet. <laughs> and so it just goes to show that people just want to buy stuff that they're interested in on the internet. Did it ever sell? The tombstone? 
Yeah, the like, yeah, like from eBay. Yeah, it did. There was an auction in place. Like a ton of people were bidding on it. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So people were like buying this stuff. Maybe in hopes that it was faked and that it was just like, I don't know, a good feeling. I, don't, I guess you don't hope that your thing that you're bidding on is fake. But still, like, you're excited by it, but you don't really want to know. What the fuck? But these people actually went and desecrated somebody's grave, you know? Ugh. Fucking you, vultures. You ready for the truth yeah. behind yep. this person's grave? So it turns out that Sarah McMillan was not the Ada Witch. In fact, she was just a woman who died from typhoid fever at the age of 29. Wow. Okay, assholes. Right? Rude. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pissed off laughing right now. Seriously. Mm. So we're going to bring it to our local, our favorite local author, Nicole Bray. Um, she is a super awesome journalist, researcher, paranormal investigator. Um, she wrote The Ghosts of Grand Rapids, which we use in our research all the time. Yep. So just another little note. Nicole, you are awesome. And carrying on, uh, what did she find? So she looked through huge stacks of books containing all of the death records in Kent County from 1867 to 1960. Damn, like she that did is thorough. I love it. I love super it. Super thorough deep dive. I wonder if she's a Virgo. I. <laughs> she is some kind of superwoman, I'll tell you that. For sure. <laughs> So what she discovered is that Sarah McMillan did not die in Ada Township because there was only a record of her burial and not her actual death. And that means she died somewhere else and her body was returned to be buried in the family plot in Ada Township. So Bray also verifies that her husband, Archibald, died in 1932 and was not buried with her. These two facts Mm -hmm. eliminate the possibility that she was a match to the Ada Witch. Hmm. So next, uh, she tried to find a trio that might be a match to the legend. And to accomplish this, she looked into any time three people died within days of each other. Hey, Um, that's pretty relevant for research. Like, that's really narrowing down here. Like, she's really getting into it. Yeah. So after Nicole Bray's thorough research into all of the death records for the Ada Township, she really kind of, she came up with nothing. There were no records of three people dying in this manner. Um, And there's no evidence to suggest that there was any witchcraft going on anyway, even if the story were true, which makes labeling the young woman as a witch a little bit extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a dick move to just (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, she's a witch. But that brings us back to the Blair Witch Project when that came out at the timeline and the identifying... Factors of a woman in white, right? Oh, yeah. So this haggard woman in the woods and this kind of growing popularity of the thought of witches, like kind of, that's like, I think that's what brings us back to a real folklore tale. Mm-hmm. Like whatever's going on there and the idea that we have associated with it. Yeah, they're associating the factors. tragedies of that yeah. land to. Mm-hmm. Right. To the fact that. She was in a time of tragedy because there's a lot of people at that time that died of typhoid fever and in the 1800s you know people were dying of all sorts of stuff all the time that was just like a hard-ass time to live so about sarah's headstone it's probably about time that somebody does something to restore it yeah after everything that happened and everything that we found out right well mostly that nicole bray found out (laughs) yes so jeff wilterink from lowell Um, contacted Nicole Bray and discussed the idea of donating a headstone free of charge. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. Isn't that amazing? So in his words, it's due and Sarah deserves it. I wouldn't think twice about donating a headstone for this cause. And Bray says that this was the chance to right a wrong and give back to Sarah McMillan what so many have taken from her in the recent years. Oh, I got the chills. Oh. We even put on her new headstone that she died from typhoid fever so that hopefully people would stop mistaking it, mistaking her for the Ada Witch, which she is not. Part of that is just like a tiny bit sad that they would have to add that detail in because I'm sure that's not how she wants to be remembered by like, you no. know, loving mother, like this, this, this and that. Yeah, and said, died of typhoid. Was. Like, okay, thanks yeah. for reminding me in death that <laughs> I died that's what of I typhoid died fever. <laughs> but hey, thank you for the gravestone. For real, thank you for the gravestone. That's amazing. Seriously. And uh, Jeff also made sure that it was extra in thickness to make sure that it was harder to break. Nice. So that this could not continue happening. Hell yeah. I know. Way to go, Jeff Wiltering. Wiltering. 
We'll drink. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that how did this get even brought up in general? Was there something very close between the three? Is it just a story, just like that, a legend? It's like a legend. There has been paranormal activity in the area, right? So people will go take pictures, feel creepy. But like, honestly, you go into the woods at night and it's creepy. You hear things and it's dark and there's so much vastness around you that it's that feeling, right? So you go to this place to have that kind of experience where so many people have gone and done that before you. It like creates a sort of energy, right? Yeah, it does. And if something's like profound enough, like fear, that kind of thing can stick around, you know? There is that hope that you're just like wanting to find. Exactly. Like people are going into it, looking for it, feeling fearful. Like, I don't know. How do you feel when you go into a haunted house? Are you like super skeptical? Like you're the kind of person, there's a couple of kinds of people that like go into a haunted house, right? I beat the shit out of an actor with my broom when I was eight. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) They like came out of this like foam wall and tried grabbing me and I was like, oh hell no. And I like beat the shit out of them. I was with my mom. (laughs) So you're like the kind of person that's like fully into it, right? Like you're feeling all of the things. You're like, yeah. (laughs) Leave me alone. Don't touch me. Yeah. So like you're going into this thinking like I'm going to have an experience. (laughs) And I fight and not the flight. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The point that I'm getting at. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I got you. (laughs) Is that like you you're looking for that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And like that fires you up in a way. And you're you're in this mindset where you're like, I want to see some kind of freaky thing and I'm scared. And you're like going into it for that reason. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like other people might go into the situation like, I don't believe in any of this and I'm not scared at all and I'm not going to. Sometimes those are the people that get the most fucked up from mm-hmm. a situation. Or they get no They're experience out of nothing. it at all. Mm-hmm. That was my first experience in a haunted house. Oh, that's. Hmm. I wasn't like skeptical. I was just like, I know that these are all actors and this is all staged. And it's just like, oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. And you know what? Somebody came up behind me and was just like, you'll have more fun if you pretend to be afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And it changed my world. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it might be all staged and it might be all for show. But (laughs) I'm here for the experience. So I'm like... In it for the experience. And from there on out, it was all experience. Whoa. And it was so, so much more fun. The- right? So, like, if you go into the woods in Seedman Park looking for the Ada Witch, like, you might you might see something. You might not. But if you're thinking about it, like, this is an experience and I'm, like, looking for something, you know? Dang, I have social like anxiety. I hope I don't run into anybody here. Oh, shit, a ghost. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think that that might, um, I think that brings us to Nunica Cemetery. Ooh. Another like paranormal experience driven place. I'm just going to steal that first line a second. It's the most haunted cemetery in Michigan. Ooh, what? So take us there, Steph. What are we getting into? So Nunica Cemetery was established in 1883. And like Gracie said, it has gained the reputation of being one of the most haunted cemeteries in the whole state of Michigan. Wow. Whole state. Nestled in the small town of Nunica, Michigan, this fairly secluded and unassuming place becomes a completely different story when the sun sets. Low-hanging trees with crooked branches shadow over a winding dirt driveway which leads you through fields of tombstones. Just to Mm -hmm. give you an idea, there are well over 1,600 burial plots in Nunica Cemetery. That's a lot. I feel like that's a lot. I don't know the statistics, but that seems like a lot of of graves. So out of all of these interments, one gravestone made entirely of wood is inscribed with only the name Emily, which appears to be the dates of March 11th, 1817 to February 20th, 1896. That's a pretty long life. Dang. Especially at that time. In the 1800s, yeah. And it's just like a wooden gravestone. That's, That's really amazing cool. that it that it has stuck around that long because yeah. with what what kind of wood was this? Super strong wood, apparently. <laughs> it would get I, I could just imagine it getting like all cracked and Yeah, weather worn over weather-worn. time. But mm, 
So Nunica mm. was unique in that it allowed families to make homemade graves for their loved ones. That is so cool. Yeah. I've never seen that anywhere else. And for centuries, uh, handmade crosses adorned with the pictures and trinkets overflowed the back end of the cemetery. Compared to the more traditional cemeteries in the area, the folk art throughout Nunica gave it a backwoods and spooky kind of feeling. And however, uh, in 2006, the township tightened regulations and eliminated what they called a proliferation of ornaments. The crackdown caused an uproar amongst families. So basically Uh, what that means is that they're like, oh, no, you can't have any of these things anymore. Of course, it caused an uproar because they set those trinkets there. They set these little memorials there because... Yeah, because that's what connects you to your loved one. Exactly. That's maybe something that their past loved ones loved at some point in time, like a little teddy bear. Yeah. So like, hey, maybe this like ghost has been hanging on to a little teddy bear and all of a sudden it's gone and they're just like, I want my teddy bear back. Dude, yeah, I would haunt the shit out of those people that took away my teddy bear. Yeah, you can't just like say, hey, you can have this and actually no, take it back now. Yeah. Rude. Super rude. Yeah. So there has been so much ghost hunting traffic that the Crockery Township has set up openings and closing times and will not tolerate people in the cemetery at night anymore. So paranormal investigators who have gone in the past have often reported cold spots, voices, orbs, and in Nunica's case, a lady in white apparition. Ooh. Ladies in white. Mm. Another... Area of tragedy? Uh, I think that is pretty likely at this point. So all of these phenomena are just the surface level details. And right now we're going to bring it back again to Nicole Bray, our favorite author. And it turns out that Nudica Cemetery is one of her early explorations as a paranormal researcher. After she founded the West Michigan Ghost Hunter Society in 1999, She hadn't heard of any crazy stories or legends about the cemetery until she was driving down M104 and noticed an old sign behind some bushes reading, Cemetery. She returned to the cemetery two weeks later with equipment. Being inside a place that should not have been given any type of electromagnetic field, her meter was going crazy. Nicole suspected that the area might be paranormally active after she got a few unusual photos. Many of these pictures taken appeared as orbs, which was commonly seen in digital cameras in the late 90s and early 2000s, which often captured little specks of dust, moisture, and overall duds. Which is where, like, you just don't know when you see stuff like that. But sometimes you can tell the difference. Like You can. When you wipe your camera face and try again, and it's still there. Yeah, sometimes you just get a smear because it's like your fingerprint on there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, However, Nicole said that her early pictures, quote, I think about 80% of them were probably naturally made of dust, grass, mold, etc. But 20% of those were possibly the real thing. One small cemetery with 20% chance of capturing paranormal activity is still a pretty high percentage. That's, yeah, that's really. Yeah. So when the West Michigan Ghost Hunter Society investigated Nunica Cemetery, they also recalled the residents of Nunica feeding off of the energies of both of the investigators and the equipment. Nicole recalls that whenever she went home from Nunica Cemetery, she felt completely drained and would sleep for almost 12 hours the next day. She reported that the only other location that she had ever felt affected this way was at the Gettysburg Battlefields. And that's like a place of war. That's a lot. That's a lot of energy. Uh, lots and lots of energy and bodies and Yeah, an history. epic battle of, like, the carnage that happens in war. Oh, yeah. So, like, what happened in Nunica the Cemetery? Devastation. Whoa, what happened to have in Nunica that Cemetery? kind of, like, energetic effect to, like, we drain need to you know, in that way. We need to know what happened there. Well, let me tell you about some cold spots. Okay. That the West Michigan Ghost Hunter Society held a public ghost hunt, and it was during the society's second hunt in the Nunica Cemetery that night that ended with something literally chilling. A group of people who joined the tour were standing in the area of the cemetery where a high number of children are buried. In the 1920s, Nunica suffered an outbreak of influenza, which could explain the seemingly high numbers of the children's graves. All of the people on the tour who were standing in the area suddenly experienced a dramatic cold spot, 
Well, the cold shrouded this group, one of the members heard a little boy's voice, and the frigid air suddenly vanished. Curious about what was going on with the tour group, Nicole walked up to them, and with two other investigators, one of them near her took a sharp inhale of breath. Nicole remembers this moment saying, quote, I didn't have but more than a second to think about what may be going on with her as I was assaulted from this force as well. It was the sensation of freezing from the inside out, like someone forcing a bucket of ice into your stomach, and literally you could not breathe for a few moments. There would have been a sharp intake of breath, and that was all you could do until it passed. A few seconds after my experience, I heard the investigators to the right of me take harsh inhales, and after the incident was over, we all began to talk. All three of us had the exact same feeling and experience where it's just like, that is, that's profound. That's just like a bucket of ice dropped into your stomach all at once. And like, if you've ever felt it. And then this was also like in the summer months too, wasn't it? I think so. Um, If you've ever like jumped into cold water, like you, you can't breathe for a second. It's just like, it takes your breath away. That's, that's pretty, that's fucking significant. Nicole firmly believes that the spirits traveled through them while escaping from a group of people who had first experienced the cold spots. Those are only a few of many encounters. So another author by the name of Ambrose Hammond uh, was a part of the West Michigan Ghost Hunters Society, and she explains that Nunica gets extremely dark at night if there's no moonlight, and there's only a few lights from the highway and a gas station in the far-off distance. One night in the cemetery while doing an investigation, Ambrose felt her left hand and arm get very cold. Mm. A few investigators felt that there was a spirit of a little girl who liked to hang onto your hand or cling onto your leg as you walked through parts of the cemetery. Oh, I see that. Yeah, you see that stuff in movies. Yeah. Can you help me find my mommy and daddy? I'm scared and I'm alone. (laughs) Hopefully not like a creep because children from horror movies are always so creepy, but oh yeah, I would still be creeped out if there's a little girl ghost hanging on to me. I'd be like, uh, can I help you? I'd be like, do you want a hug? <laughs> <laughs> I'm weird like that. <laughs> Another investigator pulled out a temperature gauge and took a reading of the ambient air around her head and it showed 20 degrees. Whoa. Keep in mind that this took place in the late summer and temperatures that night were somewhere in the 70s. That's a massive difference in temperature. So half expecting to see a child appear out of nowhere hanging onto her hand, she walked with her hand stretched out and eventually the extreme cold left. She said, quote, I was sad to think that there could have been a lonely little spirit of a child hanging onto a stranger's hand for some form of comfort. Oh, That is so sad. But yeah, because, like, like, of all the child deaths that happened there, too, in the 1920s right. from the flu outbreak. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, that's so sad. Um. Ooh. Next, we're going to talk about the playful ghost of Mr. Bond. Ooh. Mm. Mr. Bond. Mr. James Bond. Mr. James Bond. <laughs> um. So it turns out that there are quite a few reports of spirits getting physical with visitors, either by pushing them or touching them with invisible hands. When investigators started to consistently feel things in the vicinity of his tombstone, they wondered if it was an active spirit of a Civil War veteran named Mr. Bond, Hmm. who just so happens to be Nunica's most famous and, as well, most touchy-feely ghost. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So Mr. Bond seems to be especially liking the ladies and has been known to touch their backsides and play with their hair. (laughs) Their backsides. That sounds like super old timey for, um, what would you call it? Like your, your bossom? I think you're calling it your, your bosom. (laughs) That's the top part. Sounds kind of like bossom. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, your bossom. That's not is, a word. Is that like a no? It's not. That's not a word. <laughs> so you're what? You're can can there you is, say that again? There is bosom, which is what? like your chest area. So you have your bosom, then you have your bosom. <laughs> you have you have your top chest area, and then you got your butt. <laughs> oh my gosh! So okay, we're just gonna say this is uh, like Mean Girls. We're, that's we're, just not right. That's not right. That's not right. Is uh, it? Where no. did it? Okay, so. <laughs> 
pointing to <laughs> like this anatomy in this room right now. So he touched their butt. He touched their butt. Okay. Mr. Bond is the butt touching ghost. He is the butt touching ghost. Oh, we have a name. Joel A. Bond. Very close to James. Okay. We'll is take very it. Very close. Mr. Joel and you know Bond. What? James Bond. Mm. You are not Joel A. Bond. Joel A. Bond was born in New York State in 1846, and at some point his family moved to Michigan's West Coast in 1864. Joel turned 18 and enlisted in the 21st Michigan Infantry as part of Company G. The 21st was composed of the majority of Michigan's western counties. The war ended one year later, and the infantry was disbanded on June 25, 1865. So Joel's time spent as a soldier in the Civil War was short. He came back to his home in Nunica and married a woman named Anne and enjoyed his life as a farmer. Honest pay for honest work. (laughs) He was a farmer. He was a farmer. He was a soldier. He went back to his home and married his wife. After being a Skyrim guard. (laughs) Joel, the Skyrim guard. (laughs) And the butt toucher. (laughs) The butt toucher. (laughs) He was also an elderly pioneer in establishing Nunica as a town, having been a supervisor for the Crockery Township as well as holding other official positions. Like many men of his day, he was involved with fraternities such as the Odd Fellows and was active mm. in his own affairs of Ottawa County. Joel and his wife lived on a 40-acre farm in Wright Township in the later years of his life. Age was creeping up on him and his health was failing. Oh! In the winter months of 1913, it was rough on him. When April came and spring started to thaw the frozen Michigan grounds, Joel started to feel better. He found himself good enough in health to start plowing the fields again and preparing them for the warmer weather ahead. Joel's friend Frank Skeels. Joel's Skittles? Skittles. His friend Skittles. His friend, uh, what was that again? Joel's friend Frank Skeels came over to help him on Friday, April 18th, and the two got busy in the field. Frank was guiding the plow and Joel was steering the horses when Joel suddenly collapsed onto the ground. Frank ran to his friend's side, but there was nothing that could be done. Joel's heart had given out on him, and his obituary published in the Coopersville Observatory on April 25th, 1913, was bluntly titled, Dropped Dead in His Field. What? Dropped dead in his field? That was it. Yep. Oh my god. Not much is to be known. Wow, what a title for a newspaper, too. Just like... (laughs) <laughs> that, that's all they got to say about a small town and a farmer. Just drop dead. He, he dropped dead. I mean, it sounds accurate. <laughs> he lived an honest life. <laughs> honest work for honest pay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there's not much to be known about Joel's personality besides being a hard worker and always active in community affairs. Mm, very active, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If it is indeed Joel a bond hunting the corners of the cemetery he must have been a flirty playful type of guy his tombstone is small and the civil war stone engraved with just his name and company so a few things about the cemetery one suggestion as to why this place is so active is that the front part of the cemetery which is lacking burials and tombstones is an ancient burial ground to native americans some visitors have even reported seeing apparitions of natives walking the grounds very late at night Ooh, and then we have the weird tree, a large tree towards the front of the cemetery where people seem to always feel something strange. While taking a tour one day with a crockery township worker, Nicole was told, Nicole Bragan was told that in 1930, a man hung himself in that tree. Oh, there is a branch missing from the tree. And there has been speculations that if the man did in fact hang himself there, the branch was cut down to bring his body to the ground. And Nicole believes that if the hanging did occur, it could explain why all the paranormal activity around the tree seems to be captured at about 15 to 20 feet in the air. Whoa. So the next odd thing is the maintenance shed. 
The cemetery legend says that the maintenance man was on top of a storage shed when he fell off and broke his neck. Oh, my gosh. Quickly ending his life. No one knows for sure if it's true or not. And regardless of the vitality of the story, many people have reported strange feelings by the shed. So one of the workers at the cemetery named Tom uh, remembers one night years ago while other ghost hunters heard the sounds of a horse and wagon over by the maintenance shed. Of course, nothing was there, but more than one person heard the sounds. And, you know, was it something residual in the area from days long ago? Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, and then there's shadow people. Ooh, shadow people. Some investigators speculated that the removal of decorations and cleaning up of the property had a reversal effect on the paranormal activity. Prior to the renovations, many had claimed to encounter shadow people in the cemetery. Some feel shadow people are just another form of spiritual activity, and others believe that they're much more malicious in nature, appearing to people at night when they sleep and causing feelings of panic. There are endless theories, and one of them that is that they could be part of another dimension bleeding into ours. Whoa. Just thinking about that for a second. Ooh, think about it this way. If you've ever like gone to see a scary movie or heard a really terrifying story and like it hits you in that deep core of the feeling that you have and you go home later that night and just like you have nightmares, right? Yeah. It touches you in that kind of deep way. Mm -hmm. Like you feel like a shadow presence has kind of like had a grasp on you. Yeah. I wonder if it's something like that. So all of these stories are kind of an overview on how people feel in the cemetery. Like they're not welcomed. There's this really odd presence and this like kind of heaviness in the air, right? So we're going to talk next about how that relates to like some visitor stories, like other Mm, people who are not specifically paranormal investigators and what their experience have been. Experiences have been. Just some of the ghost hunters before they did the crackdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Out of numerous reports of visiting Nunica Cemetery, most witnesses have found pretty standard paranormal phenomena, like seeing orbs, mysterious balls of light, and hearing disembodied screaming. Um, some people have even claimed to have been pushed or touched by invisible hands. Or have had their butts touched by Mr. Bond. This is just one of those things. Please don't stand right behind me in any line, whether it's the gas station, the grocery store. It's just a matter of just if we imagine that we have a nice little personal bubble and you're not just like breathing down my neck. Oh, my God. I know. That would be that feeling even before the pandemic. So it's like so nice now that people are like a little bit more conscious about not backing up. It applies to the ghosts as well, whether you're living, whether your spirit do right. not don't touch my butt do don't break down my, my neck mm-mm. like don't push me mm-mm. or face the wrath i'll hit you with my broom <laughs> <laughs> i'll just give you the the death stare and the oh, chills shit. running down your spine will be enough so watch out <laughs> steph has a really scary death stare yeah it's true She'll never, she'll never give it <laughs> unless, unless you, it, you beat her at her favorite game on her birthday. Unless you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> and right. then you will get it. <laughs> All right. So these poor visitors that did not deserve these horrible happenings, what happened these to them? poor visitors. So there are some quotes here from somebody. Um, quote, I visited here a few times a year and not only to visit family and friends who have passed, but to say hello to the ones who I see most often, the dwellers. There are so many that they, for the most part, do not bother you. There are the ones that I see most often, the tall man in the suit and a hat smoking a cigar. Usually, I wonder sp- if that's Mr. Bond. Hmm. Sounds like it. Hmm. He's usually standing far away, just watching, sometimes peeking from behind a tree. There is a woman in a flowy dress who sometimes startles me as she can just appear right next to you or behind you and float across the windshield as you're driving. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There is also a little tiny girl who stands in the same place every time, almost looking like a two-year-old Dorothy Gale, and she has something in her hand, maybe a teddy bear, maybe a baby doll. And there's a young boy wearing plaid shorts, a white t-shirt, and suspenders, probably no older than five, always showing himself hiding again and playing, seeing him lay across the top of headstones (laughs) in the trees or just walking and watching. The creepier ones hide in the woods or walk about doing things to let you know they're there, like kicking up dust or the headlights on your car will shut off while facing another direction. 
I could go on about the things about this place that I've seen here. I was born and lived in a small town or surrounded areas for 40 years, and now it's never a dull moment at Nunican Cemetery. <laughs> I have mostly come to welcome what I see here, but I'll never stop being uneasy about the noises that I cannot see. This is definitely an active place to see paranormal activities any day of the week, but I wouldn't recommend going at night on a first date to this place. Oh, I would. yes you would (laughs) to certain people but there's also a smell of sulfur that is so strong in the air you know what sulfur smells like oh yeah rotten eggs like farts i I take that back i would not go there yeah i probably wouldn't want to go screw that yeah not so nice so another submission that we have says quote i stopped by nunica cemetery for the first time today i have driven there a million times and i used to live right down the road but i never stopped until today And I've been in a lot of cemeteries, and none of them have been the same feeling as this one. I drove in, and the very first tombstone I saw was Bond. Not knowing anything about the cemetery, I learned who Mr. Joel Bond was when I got home, and in some spots, I could feel nothing but anger, especially by Mm. the front of the shed. Whoa. When When I went to the back of the cemetery and got out of my car, I was being watched the whole time. I took a deep breath and closed my eyes to see who wanted to talk. I said, I'm listening. What do you want to say? I heard back, leave. I laughed and then said back, that's not going to happen. And then in the deep voice again, I heard, come back after dark. (laughs) Come back, like leave. Okay, actually, no, you can stay. It's fine. Yeah. And Uh. they just replied, okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's like, so creepy. That's that's super creepy and kind of funny. I don't know how I don't know how to there's mixed feelings. Just leave and you're like, no, I don't think I will. And they're just it's like, the, fine, come back at night. I know it's the indecisiveness of the ghost. What do you want? Right? They're like, okay, come back so we can haunt the shit out of you since you're being defiant and we'll tell you who's boss. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one last listener tale or Visitor story that Gracie, I think, wants to tell. So yeah, it's in all caps. About this one. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> does it? I think that makes it super intense. It, it makes it super intense, and so uh, fiery Grace can take the torch on this one. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, this is a fucked up one about a ghost following a woman home, and we know it's fucked up because it's all caps. So yeah, it's gonna be intense. My husband and I went to New York. <laughs> no, oh just my kidding. god. <laughs> <laughs> You know how you read text like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I <did. laughs> okay. My husband and I went to Nunica Cemetery at night. We witnessed crying by the woods and saw a younger male walking towards us. We looked again and he was running. We left because this freaked us out. A few days later, we saw the same man in our home. He was not a happy spirit either. He would move things and slam doors, push us when we walked upstairs. He would whisper his name which he said he was Ed. His name was Ed? His name was Ed. We looked into this, and there just so happened to be a man named Ed buried in Nunica. He died when he was 15, and that is all we could find. I would never recommend visiting. You can feel the spirits when you walk up. Never thought one would come home with me. The only way we could get away from him is to move. Whoa. That's so, when it's one of those dark, those ooh, attached spirits. They just, like, follow you. Ooh, that's so creepy. Like in uh, Sinister. Oh, my gosh. Don't move or else it'll start happening. Oh, no. The following. Ooh, that's super creepy. Uh, all those, I mean, all those experiences are extremely creepy. There's so many of them, too. Like, so many reports of there things that so, happened. Huh. I mean, the the investigators caught some stuff, but I feel like those visitor accounts, those poor unfortunate souls that just walked in there like, oh, yeah, we're going to go ghost hunting. It's going to be a good time. We're and then they go, go in there. Yeah. Or they're they, just going to, like, go check out a cemetery. Yeah. Right? Like, not even, like, hunting for ghosts. Just, like, just going to visit my family. And all of a sudden, like, and they just, like, get to know all of the presents that are around the usual Ooh. ghosts <laughs> things that you see like multiple times going back again like that's just so wild 
that would be really cool to get some more details on who these people are. You know, just like a quick little survey, like, do you believe in ghosts? Have you had paranormal experiences aside from this? Did this just randomly happen and really fuck you up? Seriously. Guys, if you have any insight to give us on this, let us know. Tell us your experiences. Oh, we would love to hear them. We would. Send us a Gmail. Yes. It's at your spooky neighbors. Type it up. Let us know your experiences. We're so curious. Oh, yeah. Your spooky neighbors at Gmail. And also on Instagram, you can find us at your spooky neighbors. And the same thing on Facebook. We are your spooky neighbors. Tell us your experiences. Have you been to Nunica? Have you been to see the Ada Witch? Is there something like this in your state? Yeah. A Nunica equivalent? Yeah. Something you, in your country? If you live elsewhere, tell us your experiences. From elsewhere. Mm-hmm. All around the world, we want to hear us, from you. Tell us, Dragonborn. Come forth and tell your stories, Dragonborn. <laughs> Let us hear your shout. so we actually have a few updates to end this episode on first of all thank you so much for supporting your spooky neighbors this is episode number 10 it has been a little over a month and we have reached 2,000 downloads 2,000 that is incredible you guys Sure, we create the content, but it's you, the listeners, who truly make the magic happen and inspire us to keep going. In the meantime, if you are interested in seeing what happens in paranormal investigations, our Instagram friends, Riley and Trevor, are also a paranormal podcast native to West Michigan called What Goes Bump in the Night. If you really want to know what goes bump, be sure to check out their YouTube channel. They do some really stellar investigations, a really good one being Mouth Cemetery that has a ton of crazy activity, as well as Finlay Cemetery, home to the legend of the Ada Witch that we talked about in this episode. So they do a lot of cool stuff, but maybe it would be better if you heard it from their own words in this promotional trailer. Hello and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. I'm your host, Trevor Jensen, and with me is... Riley Clark. And on this podcast, we explore everything spooky, extraterrestrial, unexplained, and supernatural. Bringing you our own personal experiences, experiences from our guests, creepy, creepy stories. So join us around the campfire... Or for just a Riley and Trev talk where we talk about any topic that we feel is relevant to anything that day. And you could also just come for these creepy pastas that we find on these forums. So join us around the campfire and find out what really goes bump in the night. Thank you again for listening. Make sure you come back next week for not one, but two true crime episodes in honor of the spookiest of seasons and also to crack a cold one with your spooky neighbors <laughs>